You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Crime and Investigation Podcast. My name is Martin Hines and this is episode one of what will hopefully be many editions of this new show. So we're in April and that means it's a banner month for crime investigation because we are launching The Jail 60 Days In, which is set to be one of the most talked about shows of the entire year. But firstly, I just want to thank everybody listening to this who has come across it via our social media platforms don't worry, your Facebook posts, your tweets, they're always read, they're always appreciated and they do make a difference in what we do here. So firstly, thank you very much for that. If you've stumbled across this podcast via different methods, you're more than welcome as well, don't worry. If you don't know, Crime Investigation is a TV channel and we broadcast high quality shows about crime, about investigation, well, about crime and investigation. It's a channel which fundamentally is built on quality, on truth and on trust and for that reasons. The Jail, 60 Days In, is a perfect encapsulation of what we do because it has all of those qualities and a little more. Later on in the show, you'll hear about everything else we do. But firstly, we want to concentrate on The Jail because it is such a huge show. The concept is simple. Seven volunteers entered a jail in Jefferson, Indiana. Why? Because the sheriff wanted to uncover corruption that was going on in his own jail. Only one person knows that these seven volunteers are innocent, and that is the sheriff. The guards don't know, the inmates don't know, but the 300 cameras watching, well, they most certainly know. Throughout the episodes, we see trials and tribulations. We see all aspects of human psychology examined in the most brutal and tense of ways. The participants must adapt to their surroundings before their surroundings ultimately, perhaps, destroy them. Well, that's enough talking from me. Here's a clip from the show, and afterwards we'll be joined by the executive producer of The Jail, 60 Days In. I had to do something radical to make my jail better. Our staff doesn't know that you are being planted in a jail. What did I get myself into? The Jail, 60 Days In, coming soon, exclusive to Crime and Investigation. We are back on the Crime Investigation podcast with Brad Holtzman, the executive producer of The Jail 60 Days In. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we're, we're very excited for you to be here as well. Um, so, executive producer, just talk to us a little bit about that job title. What does that role mean in regards to a show like this? Uh, as an executive producer of the a Network uh, in the States, uh, it'll be aired on, obviously, CNI, CNI here. Uh, I oversee the project from the network. So, from the initial idea... Uh, to on air, I've over I've overseen it. Um, I was part of the process um, from inception and 
what you see on air, uh, I was a big part of as well. So what was it about the show when you, when you first heard about it, when it was first pitched to you, I suppose? What was it about this show that appealed to you and you thought this is going to be a show that a lot of people want to watch? For one, a staple of A&E programming has been jail and incarceration. So I thought it was a perfect match for going back to what um, our network was about, but also the take through seven individuals, their journeys, um, and them being in a place that very few people, more people than I would like to believe, but very few people have seen that combination of seven regular people living in Mace for 60 days. Not only hadn't been done in real life, it hadn't been done on TV, and that was the perfect marriage, I think, for a quality television show. Were you surprised with the range of people in the show, the applications for the participants? Were you surprised that there was a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds who wanted to be on there? We went in purposefully with um, about 30 different archetypes. So that was our, our goal. We were shocked that we have even had one yes. This we thought was going to have a challenge, but that's why I think the show is so brilliant is that everybody had a motivation. If they were just going to be cast on a reality show, um, then none of them would have, I think, been the fulfilling characters that they are now. But we went with a purpose that they had to have a reason for going in. So were we surprised? We're surprised with yes, but certainly not surprised by the diversity of participants. I think that's very true. The purity of the motives is one of the things about the show that makes people more interested in it. These are regular people. They're not fame hungry. They're not trying to become famous or earn loads of money. They just want to make a difference. Can you just talk a little bit about just a couple of the, of the participants, can you talk about their motives? Give us some examples. There's, there's an, a former Marine, there's a former police officer. Were those kind of roles important to you in getting that across on the show? Yeah, they, if, if they had a purpose that they were going to not only give something back to that jail, but also for themselves, that journey was going to be much stronger and more meaningful. And I think every one of the participants would tell you this has changed their lives in, in various ways. So, for example, um, Zach is an ex-Marine who wants to go back into law enforcement, um, specifically within the DA, the drug uh, the drug wing of, of law enforcement. And he knew that there was a big drug problem within jails today. So he wanted to understand why drugs were getting in and to help the sheriff uh, with that, that problem. Uh, Miriam, uh, the daughter of Muhammad Ali, she's a social worker. So she has uh, her um, clients and her kids um, they're trying, she's been working really hard for them to avoid incarceration and, and jail. And for her, being an inmate would really give her the firsthand knowledge. Um, we have um, uh, Jeff, who is a corrections or who wants to be a corrections officer. Right now, he's a mall cop, you know, at the very basis, but he wants to understand what it's like. Tammy, she's a police officer. She had been locking people up. And when she, she's the one that brings people, in fact, into jail. And when they go off, she did not know what it's like. So she wanted to understand what it's like for the people that she's been locking up. Um, should I continue with more? There's there's seven people, so they well, all have a very motivation, a good motivation. As you say, seven people, but in America in particular, there's been one participant who has <laughs> been huge news. His name is yes. Robert. For those of whom are about to watch him uh, over on this side of the pond, can you just describe Robert as best you can? So Robert was, um, as as Tui knew, he she, he was a school teacher. He is a school teacher. Um, he was he's very interested in in orphanage life. In fact, he is a big supporter of an orphanage, specifically in Indiana. Or in India that has really um, profited and helped from his involvement. Um, and we wanted him or he wanted to be a better school teacher because his kids potentially could have parents uh, that were incarcerated and really wants to understand. So that's what we went in with him. Uh, the character or the Robert that we got 
um, was somebody who decided that every rule or every um, understanding of what it's like to be an inmate um, and all the training, the extensive training that he said that he had, he basically said, you know what, I'm going to I'm not going to understand or, or I'm going to reject the training and be the person I want to be in, which was the opposite. And it's no secret why he was presented or met with the response he had from the inmates. Um, our characters that did follow the training, Zach in particular, had a much different experience inside jail than Robert did. He is musty television. I know it's an overused phrase, but he definitely is. What were the biggest challenges you found in the making of this show? Obviously, secrecy is a huge aspect because only one person in the entire jail knows that the seven participants are innocent. So what was the difficult point of, of making it? I could go on for days on it. Um, you know, the, from the production angle, how do you shoot a show that you're not supposed to be shooting? Um, nobody's mic'd, so the sound picture it's not that we had you know regular crews in uh we we had a lot of robo cams um we are filming 24 hours a day seven days a week for 60 days so that challenge um but from a secrecy angle that in particular was was everybody had to have a story they were not real inmates but had to act as such and in jail if you are a snitch or if you are somebody that is not seen as a regular inmate bad things could happen. And it was very important for them to have their story straight. And what will present itself over the series is these inmates aren't dumb um, and they will they will catch you in some, not lies, but not understanding your story. And they will question you no matter who you are. Um, so again, for the for the participants side, um, it, it was it was the secrecy element. It was also understanding jail life. Um, we could tell you as much as it's like, but it's very different living on the inside um, as an inmate. You have to learn on the fly. You have to be flexible. You'll see with our seven participants, each one of them had a different journey integrating themselves within the jail uh, society. Um, and from a production, it was this is unprecedented. We've never filmed a show. Nobody's ever filmed a show quite like this um, for, for the length of time and the amount of hours. A lot of us in the office have had the fortune of watching a couple of episodes in preparation. And one of the key words that people come out with is tension. And I think this show perfectly encapsulates the overall intention of prison life that a day may be normal for 23 hours and then all of a sudden anything can happen and anybody can kick off at any point. When you were watching the show as it progressed, was it, were there any moments when any of the production team or anybody involved suddenly became very nervous that really bad things could happen? There was a lot of sleepless nights from both our producers and our sheriff in particular. Um, you know, the thing with jail life, every minute, every day, something can go wrong. There was numerous times when we had late phone calls that maybe this program is in jeopardy. Um, we had to, we, the safety of our participants were paramount at all times. So if we felt that the program was at jeopardy for any of this, then we knew that, you know what, it's, it's, it's just a television show and people's lives are at stake. The good news is, is we filmed the television show and we got through it. But certainly um, there was, especially within the first week, when you are doing something that nobody's ever done before, there is no rule book. As much as we prepped for everything, there was always things that were happening that we had to rewrite the rule book for. The reaction in America has been fantastic. Um, it's been very successful already. How pleased are you that what you wanted to do has translated so well to your natural audience? We couldn't be more thrilled with the response. We were very excited as a network. The production company was very excited. We thought we had something. More often than not, that doesn't relate to people watching your show. 
we're very lucky with this one. Uh, with our ratings, we are above what we thought we were going to end the season with, and that's only three weeks in. With the response from the press and the response from socially, it's overwhelming in only the best way possible. We've struck a chord from all parts of life, from entertainment people to middle America to uh, intellectuals to people that just want good television. It's really hit on all accords. And I also believe that this is quintessential programming that they expect from us. We are trailblazers. We are groundbreakers. We're unexpected. We're provocative. We're everything that I believe other networks aren't doing. And this show cap, um, really captures all of the feeling of what people feel about what they expect from our network. I'm speaking to you in London right now. The show will be on Crime Investigation Wednesdays at 10 p.m. across the next couple of months. How excited? What is it like to do your show that is already doing so well in America is going to be shown over here, all over the world? That must be a fantastic feeling as well. You know, I know that then incarceration has been a big topic as of late here. I'm excited to hear the response and see the response because I think we have something real, really special here. And for this not only to capture the U.S., but capture the world specifically, a massive market like the UK. I can't wait. The stories are starting to trickle in and I find it you know, very exciting to hear the point of view. Um, what I can tell you is it's an entertainment show. Um, you're going to enjoy these people's journeys, but we're also doing something good. It's an entertaining show with a social purpose. And I think the UK is ready for that. And it's a show that will separate itself from the pack. Well, thank you very much for coming today. We're so looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Coming up next on the Crime Investigation podcast, we're talking to Kula Anastasi, the programming director of Crime Investigation. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Crime Investigation Podcast. We're here with Kula Anastasi. Kula, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Happy to be here. We've just had a great chat with Brad, uh, the executive producer of the jail, 60 Days In. He's made us incredibly excited for the show. Just tell us your perspective on it. When did you first see it and what were your first thoughts when you heard about mm -hmm. this incredible concept? Um, well, I first heard about the jail um, about three or four months ago, actually, when we were looking, planning for the year ahead, planning for, for what would be our our big shows for the year ahead. And actually happened to be in New York at our company um, programming conference. Um, and, the, and the team there at A&E, um, A ampersand E, were talking broadly about, um, about this new exciting documentary series um, where they've got a group of volunteers, members of the public, going into this Clark County jail. And I was like, OK, well, that sounds a bit odd. Sounds a little bit like Big Brother. How's that going to work? Um, and then actually got talking to Brad and he took me through the concept, um, why they were doing it um, and some of the early tape that they'd seen and how he was just blown away by um, how powerful the content was that he'd seen and the experiences that these people had gone through. And, of course, that question, why on earth have they done it? Like, who on earth chooses to go into quite a, you know, a 
raw, gritty place like a like a jail. And obviously, jail system, the the the, the justice system in the US is slightly different from ours. Um, and in the first episode, it talks a little bit about how the people in in um, the Clark County Jail. They're not actually convicted. It's a jail. It's, it's a bit like being on remand in this country, if you like. So there's people that have been there up to five years without a sentence or a hearing, a trial a trial date in sight, um, which is quite an unusual, I think, for a British audience. So it's very exciting f- from that perspective. Um, but, yeah, just... And, and having watched um, a few episodes now, having had my own sneak peeks, it is probably one of the most um, gripping pieces of documentary television I've definitely I've certainly seen and certainly something very very different for our own channel yeah do you think that it will fit well with the UK audience as you say it's set in America but the the themes of the show are are universal aren't they Mm -hmm. in terms of justice and having to be in a different environment to one you're not usually involved in Mm -hmm. and exposing corruption that sort of thing how well do you think that'll translate to to UK fans I think episode one is set up so beautifully in that you have um the sheriff of the jail introduces this um this experiment this this um this thing that he this uh, undercover operation that he wants to that he wants to undertake in his jail and i think because we in this country obviously we're very familiar with american american television american drama and reality and at the same time we have our own kind of high concept reality shows i think the notion of taking people and putting them in an alien environment is not um, unusual for us, but to do it in a in a documentary kind of a serious documentary um, sort of format is unusual to our channel. So CI, as we know, it is um, a really well established um, crime documentary channel. So to merge that with elements of reality is not something we've done before, which is why we're so excited about it. And I think. What's been most promising is that there's been such a huge buzz around the show and it's growing and popularity is growing in the States. And I think some of that, because of the nature of television, some of that buzz has crossed um, over the Atlantic. So I think already there's a little bit of a buzz around it and we're just really proud and pleased to be able to have it on on CI. Yeah, a lot of people listening to this have already shared their thoughts on social media with us about yeah, the show. Yeah. The, the tension is, is powerful. The buzz is incredible yeah. for us like this. How much does that please you that CI is now a channel, and it always has been, that has the ability to conjure such emotions in people and they want to talk about it and tell all their friends about it. Mm-hmm. How, how proud are you of that, that this channel has the programming to elicit such responses? I think we've always prided on ourselves um, on the power and the, the success of our local programming, of our original programming. And from our first um, UK commissions back in the day and um, when we first launched from Nightmare in Suburbia to Crimes that Shook Britain, we built um, shows that we um, that really touched on the British sensibility and the British interest in crime, um, crime on our doorstep, crime in newspapers. Um, and it's probably... You know, if you go into any supermarket, you go into any bookshop, a crime um, novel or a true crime biography is always going to be at the top bestseller list. And I think the success of CI is just a, a continuation of that um, British interest in true crime. So we've been able to um, to really get a home or get a name for ourselves as um, a quality, um, authoritative um, and credible uh, documentary maker and we over the years we've touched on some of the most important and most infamous crime stories of the past 30 40 years and some more recent ones as well so more recently um we we looked at the Hatton Garden heist which made the news um last year um we looked at the Paris terror attacks and other kind of big stuff obviously we, we spent a lot of time looking at the Jimmy Savile scandals and the Ralph Harris scandals so we've always done really well um and really kind of 
made it our ambition to look at and to take really close look at um, some of the biggest crime stories. Yeah, I think that's really apparent and with Britain's Target Taboos, which is recently its fifth season. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of our fans online, they love the idea now of incorporating themselves into the shows. Mm-hmm. They, they're they not afraid to voice opinions and I think that follows a current trend at the moment in terms of crime programming in general that the people kind of they see themselves within the frameworks of a story mm. rather than just being told it. And mm-hmm. do you think this is something this channel will continue to explore in the coming months and years? I think I've spent a lot of time actually over recent months months commenting on this sudden explosion in true crime, um, in the interest in true crime. And what I've always said is that having um, big, important shows like Making a Murderer, like The Jinx, like um, the uh, popularity of Serial, just makes just allows CI... It makes CI open and accessible to a much bigger range of people who are probably interested in that kind of show but aren't aware that Crime Investigation is there and has been doing this kind of stuff for years. So um, something like The Jail, 60 Days In, what makes it similar to Making a Murderer is the way that you have one story, one narrative over the course of 10, 11, 12 parts. Um, So that's the first time we've done anything like that and you're following a group of characters and their journey, if you like. And certainly what the the most common characteristic in all those shows is this notion of... um, following the story as it unfolds and you have the the story make the 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 documentary maker the narrator sarah koenig whoever it might be it's their they are they're a character in their own right so i think to actually see people like you or i going into a jail and following how they experience and how, how they immerse themselves and how they survive this completely crazy situation is just another example of 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 um you know unfolding stories over the course of the series. It's 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 a really interesting piece of work. I can't wait for people to see and and to actually to understand how people respond to it whilst they're watching as well. So that that would be really fascinating to see. Uh last question. Ten years of CI this year, ten years, a decade of incredible programming for you, this is a very tough question. Is there one program in particular that you're most proud of or that you've enjoyed the most that that has been on this channel over the course of the last ten years? Oh God, that's a really hard question. It's on an on the spot one as well. <laughs> It's a what? It's on the spot, isn't it? It's, it is a bit on the spot. I didn't even prepare for this one. Um, probably, um, I have to say, Britain's Darkest Taboos. I think um, that came out of a conversation, the first conversation with um, with a producer down at ITV Studios who I'd never met before, who we you know we'd never spoken before. We didn't we didn't have any kind of um, past kind of conversation, and um, we were talking anecdotally about other stuff that he was doing, and. Um, he just told me about how he, during the day, you know, his his core part of his work is working on the General Carl show. And at the time, we were thinking about how we can make a Jeremy Kyle-style show suitable for a CI, um, for the CI slate. And it was, it was more that kind of, oh, this could be perfect. Because um, actually, essentially, what I'd been looking for at the time was creating a Jeremy Kyle-style show, but that was a dark um, crime-focused one. And pretty much what happened, um, he walked out of the room, rang up his production team, and um, we commissioned it on the spot, which is probably the most kind of fortuitous commission meeting I've ever had. But and then to, to have that and to see it do so well over 40-odd episodes, um, I'm incredibly proud of that, and having worked on it from day one right the way through to now is is um, my defining crime moment, I'll have to say. So I think I'm going to have to say that one. Well, thanks very much for that answer. Thank and you. And be on the show today and I hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Cheers. Good fun. Thanks.
Welcome back to the Crime and Investigation podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Carl Marino on the line, all the way from Kentucky. Carl is the premier actor of Homicide Hunter. And Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So first of all, can you just explain to people who haven't seen it, it's one of our most popular shows, but in case anyone listening hasn't seen Homicide Hunter, can you explain the basic concepts of what it's all about? Sure. It's, uh, it's based on a homicide detective out of Colorado Springs in uh, Colorado here in the United States who, uh, who solved almost 400 homicides in his career. And each, each hour episode, it uh, basically reenacts um, through interviews and uh, crime reenactments one of, one of his uh, actual true life crimes. And you play that, that detective. You play Joe Kender, the young Joe Kender, um, in kind of reenactions on the show. How did you get into the show? Were you contacted? Did you have to audition? What was that situation like? Well, I actually um, auditioned through, uh, through LA casting. The first season of the show we filmed in Los Angeles, California. And uh, I submitted for it through a, a, an online casting thing, and, uh, and I was contacted by the producers and the director, and, and auditioned, you know, for the show that way, and uh, was, was lucky enough to be selected. I believe you have a background in law enforcement. Is that correct? And do you think that aided you in getting the role and obviously being good at it as well? Um, I, I'd like to think it did. I, I was a deputy sheriff for 17 years in uh, upstate New York, so I, I have a lot of experience as far as. That, that type of work, you know, a different type of law enforcement, but, you know, in the same field. So I'm sure that they had something to do with, uh, with getting the part. So after being a deputy sheriff for so long, what made you want to transition into the acting world? Um, I actually really didn't want to be in the acting world. I kind of fell into it. Uh, when I, I retired from the sheriff's department and I moved to California because I had relatives that lived there, um, I actually started working on a TV show just kind of randomly, that was coincidentally filming in the area that I had moved to that I'd found an ad on Craigslist that uh, they wanted former police officers to play the background police officers on the show. And once I got on, on that show doing that, uh, I, I kind of got lucky. I was kind of in the right place at the right time. Uh, I was given lines on the show. Um, it just kind of led, led to bigger and better, better things. So I just basically, you know, I was very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. I'd, I'd never wanted to be an actor, you know, growing up. It wasn't something that I had ever thought I would do, even though I do enjoy it and work very hard at it now. Well, I'm very pleased that someone had a positive experience with a Craigslist ad. That, that pleases me because you, we hear stories <laughs> about that. What are the main challenges you find on the show? Obviously, you have the background, and obviously now you do the acting as well. What are the main challenges you find when you're filming episodes of Homicide Hunter? Um, yeah, def- def- definitely some of the... Knowing that these are real-life crimes and, and reenacting them and then when we have children that are involved and some of the episodes have children that are, you know, that are involved in these, these horrendous crimes and stuff, it really brings, brings things, you know, it makes it much more real that, you know, that this is something that happened to and these are someone's children. And, and they, they actually interview some of the people on the show that, that, you know, mothers, fathers, you know, brothers and sisters of these actual victims. So it's, it's very somber filming them sometimes also just knowing that these were real life crimes. We had a question from one of our Twitter followers, Joey Francis, who asked, is there one particular case you've worked on which had an effect on you more than other ones on the show? Uh, yeah, and there was the one case where, it, and again, it involved children, but there were the four children that had died from carbon monoxide poisoning along with the mother. And it was just because the, the landlord had been cheap and instead of hiring someone to fix the heating, um, elements he, he tried to fix it himself and installed it wrong end up killing an entire family that was just very tra- i mean obviously that was horrifically tragic 
But then when he was found out that he had done that, he actually took his own life on top of it. So it was just, you know, a very sad, very tragic episode all around. You're obviously covering these cases via acting, but the real Joe Kender, uh, he did it all for real. What is it like portraying Joe Kender? We had a question from one of our Scottish fans who just said, how hard is it portraying the real Joe Kender? How hard is it to be as accurate as you can while also trying to be entertaining for the screen as well? Um, well, you know, it's, and I, I get a lot of questions about, do I, do I have a lot of, you know, dealings with Joe about the show and stuff. And actually I, I don't really have much dealings at all as far as the show goes. I mean, Joe's kind of hands off as far as it goes and, and lets us do what we do. Uh, even though he, he and I are, are friends and, you know, we hang out on occasion. I've been to his house and, and, uh, things like that. He doesn't give input as far as how we do our part of it. I mean, he, he trusts us to do it the right way. Um, I think that it's, you know, it's my background in law enforcement is very, you know, helpful. I, I know people that, that uh, were very similar to Joe Kenda in law enforcement. Um, I try to figure out how I think that he would handle these things, you know, having talked to him and dealt with him on you know, many occasions. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I feel I do a pretty good job of it. You know, obviously, you know, I've gotten better as we've gone on. I think, everyone, you know, like doing anything, you always get better as you, as, as you do more of it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't feel it's that difficult to portray him. We get a lot of love every single day on Twitter and Facebook from the UK fans of the show about you, about Joe. What does it mean to you that you have such a huge audience over here who are very passionate about the show and very much respect what you do? Well, I think it's fantastic. And I, and I get a lot of the fans that, that have contacted me through Twitter and through Facebook. And, uh, you know, and uh, I've, I send out a lot of autographed promo cards. And, and I, I think the majority of them that... Uh, I've sent them all, all over the world, but the majority of them come from the UK as far as, you know, besides the United States. And uh, I think I think it's great that, uh, that the show is so popular. I, I never had any idea that, you know, it would have a, a worldwide following like it does. And uh, we're very proud of that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something we actually brag about that, uh, that the, you know, how many fans we have in the UK. Absolutely. You're on Twitter, Carl, at Carmarino1. Do you encourage people to get in touch with you? Do you love the correspondence? Yeah, it's, it's, I find it... Uh, it's, you know, fun to, to interact with the fans. I learn a, a lot about what they like about the show. I think it's, uh, you know, they appreciate the fact that uh, if they send me messages, I mean, I, I try to get back to them. Obviously, sometimes, uh, you know, we get very busy with filming and, and, and I get behind with my correspondence. But I always feel that if someone takes the time out of their day to appreciate what I do, it's it's my responsibility to, to thank them for that. I mean, you know, the fans are the ones that, uh, you know, drive the show. The, the reason we have, you know, got six seasons of this and uh, it, it's our job to appreciate them as well absolutely last question Cole you're also a keen marathon runner so if you could let us know what's more difficult running a marathon or filming an episode of Homicide Hunter uh, well they both have their, their difficulty I mean there's uh, there's times where we're filming where we're doing all night shots because the crime happened at night and, and we won't go in until like 9pm and we'll shoot till like 6am the next morning which feels like you're running a marathon when you're, when you're when you're filming for 10 to 12 hours straight overnight, then, you know, get up and have to do it again the next day. But, uh, but I think I'd rather do that than run 26 miles. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carl. We hope to have you again on the show very soon. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Good luck with the marathons. Thank you. Well, that concludes our interviews for today and what a delightful collection it has been. I hope you've learned a lot about what we do, about the shows we have, and it's got you a little bit more excited about the future. 
Not that you weren't excited already, of course. If you want to know more, visit crimeinvestigation.co.uk. We've got loads of things there. We've got games. We've got never-before-seen videos. We've got all sorts of great content for you to enjoy. We're on Twitter, of course, at CI. We love your correspondence. And if you're lucky, we might even retweet a few of your posts. And Facebook, where would we be without our charming Facebook audience? Again, your posts are always read. They're always enjoyed. So comment, like, share, do whatever you want to do. And we'll do our best to interact with you once again in the future. But for now, we're done today. For this month, the Crime Investigation Podcast is over. But please, stay curious. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.